Are you ready to take your writing to the next level? Then welcome to the Book Editor Show. Join Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley each week as they teach you all the tips, tools, and techniques you need to move your book from manuscript to market. Visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books, and extras to make your old novel better than ever. Now, please welcome Clark Chamberlain and Peter Turley. Welcome to the Book Editor Show. If you're ready for the next step in your editing process, stop by thebookeditorshow.com and learn how you can work with us today. Uh, today on the show, we are looking at uh, the world of screenwriting with special guest Jacob Larch. I am Clark Chamberlain, and in a world saturated with spin-offs and remakes, one man must stand against the tide to create a work so unique and true when people see it, they weep. With only his trusty red pencil at his side, he brings originality with each word he edits. That man is my friend and co-host, Peter Turley. Peter, how are you doing today? You know, so much better. It's great to have you back. It's been a long two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it has. It has been a long two weeks, especially for me. <laughs> how's, how's, it been? How, how's the uh, the part-time good guy business? Oh, you know, we we did uh, we did a lot of work. Um, it was very hot and humid. Uh, I, you know, what's a what's a um, quick over to Celsius, where we were at 100 deg- over 100 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, very hot. And then on top of that, we work in this little tin box. It's like an easy-bake oven, so it just heats up the whole thing and makes it even worse. But um, but overall, great training. No one got uh, no one got seriously injured. No one got dead, which is always a, a win in my book. So <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a great start. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What have you been working on the last couple of weeks? Um, another um, going to get some writing courses up on Udemy. I know uh, we're going to uh, put a few of those together for for a few of the listeners, um, and getting ready to, to relaunch the author site and get some short fiction pieces good to go on there. So, um, yeah, lots of lots of wrestling with WordPress, which is always fun. <laughs> <laughs> I know. They're always updating everything all the time, and you're trying to figure out what the best theme is and, and how, to, how to make it look, look modern. It's a, it's, a, it's a learning curve, isn't it? You know, um, <laughs> so many plugins and, uh, you know, but I, I love it really. Yeah, it it's good. It it does work really well. So um, I know uh, I'm putting together a couple of new websites as well, and kind of just uh, increasing on the whole idea of of that 90 day challenge program that we uh, that we did on Facebook. We're just finishing up with that, and I'm um, excited to see where we can build that next and where we can help people out in the future. Yeah, and uh, I know I mentioned last week um, that the challenge is still open, um, the group for people to sort of jump in, um, and that obviously is an ongoing thing for us, isn't it? Um, yeah. So yeah, it definitely know, will it's, be. It's never too late to to check that out. Yeah, and one of the things that uh, that was one of the things that I did get in my little bit of off time uh, in the last couple of weeks, and jotted down a bunch of notes, just some different ideas, and I'm excited to introduce those uh, into the 90 day challenge group on this last 90 days we've got. So. Um, I'm really excited about today's guest, so uh, if you're ready, Peter, I'm going to go ahead and make the introduction. Yes, let's do it. All right, so uh, winner of an international screenwriting award and has regularly placed in quarterfinals or better in script competitions. He's currently working with three separate producers in New England or New Zealand, the UK, and America to bring his work to the screen in genres ranging from modern to historical drama for film and television. He's a self-published author of the science fiction epic Legacy, which is available for Kindle download on Amazon and soon 
will also be available on Smashwords. Please welcome Jacob Larch. Jacob, how are you today? Hello, good evening. You all right? I'm good. Good. It's so glad to have you on the show. Um, we love talking with people who do something different besides just regular uh, book editing. Mm. It's great to be here. Thank you for inviting me. Sure, certainly. Um, so tell us, uh, currently, right now, uh, you're... I've, I checked out uh, your Facebook page. You, you're working on a trailer right now. Is that correct? Tell yeah, me so, tell us about that. Um, I've, I tend to juggle several projects at the same time. Right now, I've got uh, a film project with a New Zealand uh, producer, as you've introduced me. Uh, I have uh, a British historical TV series with a producer down in London who has interest from two production companies. And I have an American that I can't really talk about because I'm sworn to secrecy who's trying to push a very large budget uh, science fiction show uh, through various production companies there, and that's all I can say about that. In addition to all of them, <laughs> I've been making a trailer. Uh, the American producer has uh, volunteered to come on board to approach various production companies and to basically make introductions. Now, most people, when you're a writer, when you're looking to become represented and you're looking to sell your work, you tend to have one of two options that you can use. Either you can enter the competition line, the first place in competitions are usually on the grounds of five minutes with a production company or a producer over the phone or a webcast. All it will really do is introduce you to those people. The other way is to actually gain invitation in through the front door. And by that, you need to have a way of being able to approach the production company directly. Now, there are thousands of writers out there, and all of us are trying to do the same thing. And the production companies, whilst they want new work, they're faced with a catch-22. Who do you turn to? Who do you actually sit down and read with and who do you look at? For that reason, any, any submission you make to them directly has to be very engaging, very eye-catching. Now, a lot of people have a script. A few more, or rather, not that many uh, within them, a few more special cases will produce a series Bible. We've actually gone ahead and made a trailer to go with the series so that we're actually hitting them with a, um, a threefold uh, approach. We have a visual medium to tell the opening of the story to gain the interest of somebody. So then you can follow that with the pilot script and then with the series Bible on top of that and hope that with all those three things combined, you can get across the whole nexus of the idea that you're selling so that they can find it and hopefully rate it to be marketable and attractive and appealing enough for them to agree to sit down and talk with you and then discuss if they wish to go any further. That's really an interesting uh, approach to it. Instead of just sending over just the words on paper, you know that they can actually have something to see. Because you know the 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 whole purpose of making film and making movies is it's the visual presentation of the idea of the writer. It's also the fact that when, as any screenwriter will know or should know, when you're making an actual, you know, crafting a screenplay, you don't have the luxury you have when doing a novel. You're not able to insert reams of paragraphs of uh, descriptive text. A screenplay is best described as the minimum words possible to tell a story. For that reason, a screenplay has to be visually engaging. It therefore makes sense to make a trailer to go with that screenplay, which can be just as hard-hitting and just as effective as a screenplay itself. The, a separate script has been drafted for the trailer originating from the screenplay. We haven't just filmed a sample page or two or three pages. The actual script for the trailer itself is derived from the original pilot script and encompasses no more than a page and a half, but will run to approximately three minutes worth of footage once it's completed. That's it. That's it. Sorry, Peter, were you saying something? Yeah, that's, um, that's really great. That's really interesting. Um, 
So how did you sort of like get into, I mean, because you've, you've obviously got um, the science fiction epic legacy um, on Amazon. How did you kind of then, did, did that predate yeah, script writing or did that, was that something that came alongside? How did you get into script writing and, you know, what was the, what was the appeal that kind of initially drew you to, to that as a process? I was approached many years ago by a friend of mine to write a one-off alternative medical drama for the BBC. My friend knew an executive producer in the BBC, drafted a pilot episode, had no idea what I was doing. I virtually had to learn script writing almost on the cuff from online advice and various other sources. Drafted a 60-page pilot, uh, edited the process myself, sent it down to him. He loved it so much I got an invite down to Shepherd's Bush about two weeks later. Now, in the end, they didn't buy it. A no is still a no, but it was a very, very encouraging start. From that point, I started writing properly and looking at the process of writing, the, the lessons you can learn, the online courses you can do, the books you can buy. There is an awful lot of advice of, uh, for writers on how to write. Most of it is good, not all of it is. There are pitfalls to fall into. And over the process, I began to get better and better, and the feedback I was getting for my submissions and for my uh, test readings just improved and increased. Now, the novel, the Legacy series, came out of a script Around the time I was in very early in my writing uh, process, um, I came across a piece of advice that said, sometimes it's good to write just for you. You've no intention of selling it, you've no intention of anyone reading it, but you write just to get the words out on page. So the idea of legacy came to me as, if I were to write my own science fiction epic with no holds barred on the budget, what would I write? And legacy came out. Now, one idea led to another, and before I knew it, I was writing a whole season one of episodes. Partway through the process, my father had a first stroke of three. Mm. It took three years before he passed on. Eventually, cancer joined in the battle as well against him. During that time, when I couldn't cope, when I couldn't deal, when I think it became too much for me, when my wife and my children couldn't help, I turned to legacy. And by the time he finally had passed over, I'd written somewhere in the region of 55 hour-long scripts. And most of them are rubbish. They always are at first draft. But they always are. So you sit back, you look at them, and I thought, why not turn the first one into a novel? And the four novels that are now out there on Amazon came from the process of script writing. They were written originally as very quick, pure enjoyment or therapy, just to get something down on page, just something to help me through the entire three-year process. Mm -hmm. And then I went back, I looked at them again, I re-edited them, I streamlined the story, edited the whole process, and began to self-publish. So they came about the same time, or in almost like in a dual timeline to the script writing process. Now that's uh, that's really interesting. I just wanted to say, you know, um, uh, writing is exactly what you just were talking about. You know, and it's such a great way to get through the difficult things in our life, um, and then also to be able to take that and to move it into something else. So, so what's that process like? You you finish an hour long. Um, an hour-long episode, like you say, first draft's rubbish, but you got to have it out there so you can start editing it. What is the editing process like um, for, for the screenwriting? The, the editing process uh, takes, it's almost like you're setting several things going at the same time. Um, you're moving in the same direction. Excuse me a second. Sorry, phone alarm. Um, when you're editing, you're, you're hitting several things at the same time. You're looking at the overall story and the story arc. You're looking at the individual character arcs. You are initially just telling the story. 
once you've identified the main story arc, you then go back and look at the characters. You then look at the individual character arcs and you ask yourself the question, is that character doing what they need to do in that story to move that story forward? If they're not, then change it, edit it, remove it. Um, if the character arcs are serving the story, then find a way to retain it and streamline it. When you, you end up, you don't just edit once, you end up editing about four, five, six times. Each time you notice something different, each time you come to a scene that you think that's perfect, that's locked, you read it again and think, ah, I could do better with that, <laughs> and you change things again. Sometimes I've taken entire six, seven, eight line interchanges between two characters and reduced it to character A gives character B a raise of the eyebrow, it's, and it says the same thing. Never forget that you're writing for a visual medium, not for the joy of a novel as such. So you have very little time. You have 60 pages or 30 pages if it's a comedy in which to write a script, in which to get across every nuance of those characters. And they often misuse the phrase, show not tell. Show not tell is one of the most misunderstood phrases in the industry. There are ways of showing and there are ways of not showing. And I've, I've read plenty of bad examples of people who haven't been able to get across what they actually mean. And I've read plenty of good examples of people who have. So it's, in all cases, it's an... It, it, it's a continually evolving process. And as a writer and a writer-editor, you never actually stop. You look at, you'll finish something, you'll send it off, it'll rate highly in competition, you'll get it back, you'll read it again, and you'll still think, I could do better with that. It's continuous. You know, they say an artist never finishes um, editing their work or trying to improve their work. And for that reason, I feel incredibly, I feel incredible swells of pity for anyone involved in sculpting because you just can't alter it once it's done. <laughs> <laughs> in terms of painting, uh, there's always something you can touch up with. Lighting, you can always improve, you can always edit, you can always make them better. Yeah, so, so you... Uh, go on. Sorry, go on. Sorry, go on, Jacob. I was going to say the process is actually absurdly simple when you look at it. When you write a story, uh, there are many different lessons in how to write stories and how to write story arcs. Uh, most of them are more or less good based on the genre, the genre that you want to write. When you then, having written that story, look at your characters, the point then is to take each character, starting with your lead character, and say, where's their own journey? Now, if you're following a fairly standard journey of a character, you'll have that character evolve during the, during the script. And any characters who are to evolve, they have to have that process by which the story allows them to grow, to change. They will start with one thought in their mind that you will identify with that thought. You'll know who that person is. They'll then hit a brick wall. You are then forcing them to change, to grow, to evolve by altering their thought process. And thus they then come to the end of the story. Not every character has to do this. Many characters will be supporting or they'll be um, in their way. They'll be blockers. They'll be um, um, opposed uh, to the main character. Some of them you can slide in their own development. And thus when you're editing, you look at not only the individual characters that you're writing for as a lead, but every other character who's on the page. And when you have a person in that scene, they themselves have their own backstory. You don't always have to refer to it, but you should be aware of it. Joss Whedon was a big fan of saying everyone has their story, even him, that guy on the left, two paces along from the hero holding the spear, to, uh, saying nothing. Everyone has something to say within the script. Whether you will let them say it is another matter, but you should be aware of it. And that depth to each character adds an overall richness without cluttering or confusing the overall process and the final finished product. Yeah. That, so you, um, you've obviously um, been fortunate, fortunate enough to be in the position where you've <clears throat> translated a script um, and, you know, and produced it uh, for the screen and you've, you've kind of had that experience of, you know, what, 
what has worked and what what perhaps hasn't or you know that like what are the logistics like of like when you're actually writing and editing you've then you're then considering how is this going to look on screen and obviously you've had the experience of knowing you know what translates well and what doesn't mm. so is that something that's kind of always in your mind you know when you are like going through the editing and are you thinking you know how is this going to translate logistically not just you know in an ideal world how is this going to look but you know am i going to be able to do this yes you are you tend to think on two lines or i think on two lines the if money's an object line and then if the if money is an absolute ob object then it becomes a small budget indie production and when i'm writing i tend to have a duality of thought at all times uh, in terms of how you see that vision coming across the focus for me is to engage with the actors and engage with the characters and how those characters are uh, dealing with each other and dealing with the situation. So it wouldn't matter if two people are having a conversation across a coffee table, walking down a road, or while sprinting across a burning Roman trireme slowly sinking into the Mediterranean. It doesn't matter what level of, of budget you go for. The important thing is, what are these characters doing? Who are they? How are they engaging? The process by which you consider how this will look, you always have a vision. You have to have a vision in terms of how these things will actually come about. And there have been plenty of uh, stories of screenwriters who've made very successful leaps towards directing, as well as people who have maybe not been quite so successful or have become um, slightly burdensome to the production company. Uh, there comes a point at which when you are actually making something that a writer has to be prepared to step away. And you've lived with these characters, you've created this story, you've put your heart and soul into it, but when you hand over to a director, they then take over. When you hand over your characters to actors, they then take over. A cinematographer has their own view. So when writing a script, you are never prescriptive. You never put in camera angles or uh, acting notes or um, uh, camera shots or direction. You leave that to individual professionals. They will then fill in their part. The role of the script when you're writing is to be aware that you are engaging with other professionals. And the script has to do not only tell the story in the minimum words, but also fire the imagination of each other department that when they read it, whether they're building or artwork or costume or special effects or stunts or production, directing or acting. They read it and their imagination immediately leaps to life with that page and they think, I know how I can do that. I know how I can make that look fantastic. So you're writing with a, with a view to fire off someone else's imagination and to make them take the idea and run with it to the best of their ability and their strength. And at that point, if you're successful, you sit back and say, over to you. This is your world now. I created it. You take it. You run with it. We have a We've got a lot of people. We got a lot of people. I'm not sure where the feedback's coming from. I'm doing a lot of my self-talk. Okay, there we go. So we've got a lot of people, of course, that listen to the show that are more on the side of book writing, and I wanted to go back to that. Um, you mentioned something about people not getting the show don't tell right, and of course, when you're writing it, um, you don't get to, to have any of this type of uh, description, dialogue, or inner dialogue, or monologues going on you know, to help um, reinforce what a character's actually feeling. How, and how could you, um, how do you do that well so that people can see that, can see exactly what you were saying, you know, firing the imagination there, and and maybe give some advice so someone could do that well in writing their novel. 
Interesting. Okay. Um, you set the scene within the script format. I'm talking at the moment about the script before the novel format. You need to be able to set a scene. So if, I mean, for example, looking at previous films that are out there, you look at Die Hard. The first time you come across Bruce Willis, he's on a plane, and when he stands up, you see the gun under his jacket. So he's either a criminal or a cop. He then tells you he's a cop. But his attitude also tells you he's a cop. So you set the scene of who he is. The first time you see his wife, the picture of the husband and the children, she puts face down on the desk, telling you there's a problem with their marriage and their relationship. If this was a novel, you'd have time to go into that with paragraphs, with more dialogue, with thoughts, with internalizing, with internal monologues. They don't have that. So it's a very, very quick shot. And you can look at each film that you see and every TV program you see. Look at the characters. Look at what they've done in the background. If you're telling a story, I mean, for example, the one I'm doing at the moment, the trailer, we're about to film a scene with a witch at the weekend, uh, a Tudor period, uh, Wiccan. So the set will be dressed to give a very clear impression that this is somebody who uses the Wiccan uh, pagan arts rather than uh, Christian prayer. And in setting that out, the audience immediately becomes drawn into the world. They see what's going on. Their mind makes the connection. And re so really, when you're writing a script to give that backstory, to give that internal monologue. You don't say the monologue, obviously you don't have that time or that, that luxury, but what you do is you create half of a bridge with the script. The audience fills in the second half of the bridge. It ties in exactly the same as what I've just said about engaging with a professional, with the artwork department or the production or, or the director. You create a bridge not only for the professionals but also for the audience so that when they see it, they're able to think, I know that. I know what's going on. I know who this person is. And then before you know it, they're engaged. They're in. You've hooked them and they're with you. You then apply that to novel writing. And the, the, the process, obviously, you have the luxury in novel writing to go through as much detail as you want. So when writing novels, if you're looking at transferring a novel to a script writing format, then you would consider what scenes you have within the novel. Do they add to the story? Do they add to the characters? And how can certain sections be shown to uh, or be um, adapted to take almost entire scenes um, out of your novel and condense them and reduce them to a way which effectively tells the story in a script writing format. That then becomes its own intriguing exercise because if you have a novel where you've spent an entire chapter where a father um, internalizes about the breakdown of his marriage and not seeing his children and you can reduce that to a visual image of a man stood by a bus stop looking at a photo of his kids and feeling sorry about it and feeling quite down and looking longingly at other parents with their children and you and you would get in a five second camera shot all of that chapter in one glance why can't you put it in the novel and then edit the chapter out of your novel and give you more room to write if you're writing to a word limit there's no harm in applying the screenwriting editing process to a novel editing process so that you can look at better and more effective ways of telling your story and in some ways, that may free up more room for other scenes that you might have wanted to spend more time on or bring more characters in or develop the story in um, stronger ways that would benefit the story overall. That's fascinating. So that's, I, I think it's a fantastic idea on how to put those things together. Um, and ha have you found, because you've done both, you've done the novel, you've done the, the screenplay, the, mm. have you found that there are a lot of crossover techniques that you can use, or have you found ones you're like, wow, this I, everyone should be using this more in writing their novel or vice versa? 
I haven't really broken it down in my mind to that great an extent, except to, except to because I write screenplays and uh, TV and film screenplays as well as writing novels. They're all on my head at the same time. Uh, it's like if there's a right way to cross the road, you don't change the way you cross the road based on the style of road necessarily. You, you use the best way. And if you're writing, regardless of what the medium is, whether it's a, um, a radio play, a stage play, a screenplay for film or television, or a novel, you will apply the same lessons. I think the lessons are strong enough, and the way in which you focus your mind and approach a project to write something, to put it down, walk away, come back to it, reread it, grimace, put it down again, go and make a coffee, come back, and then start working through and thinking, what was I actually saying here? And, oh, good God, did I write this? And then suddenly improve it. All of those aspects that every one of us, every writer does when they're writing, regardless of the medium, they're all good lessons. And I think each person has their own way and their own style. Now, I know there'll be people who may not think they have a style and therefore may be thinking, well, this is nebulous advice. It doesn't actually direct me to any better way. There is no perfect formula. The reason being, we have the benefit of being one of seven billion of us on the planet. We are all individual as are the people who read and review and critique work, whether they be in a publishing house for publication or in a production company to assess and buy um, your work for um, film or television. Therefore, everyone who reads your work will be different. And how they read it will be different based on did they get up late or early? Did they have breakfast? Did they run for the bus? Did they get to work on time? Did they have a good night with their partner the night before? Or did they come to work on an argument? Everyone will have a different mindset. And unfortunately, this does mean that you can produce the best work in the world, but if the person reading it doesn't like your genre or doesn't click with your writing style, you can be in difficulties getting it past them. If the person does, then great. You're onto a winner. All you can do as a writer is do the best you can to the best of your ability and be aware of your ability and play to your strengths with the editing, with the writing, to go over it again and again and keep looking at it and and get it ready to the point where you look at it and you have that feeling inside that you think, now I'm ready, now I'll send this off. Now this can go. I have friends who, ne who are never ready. They will do a thousand rewrites and they'll sit there and say, when is now, when is the right time? Well, the right time you have to feel yourself. No one's going to come along and tell you. All you can do is use the lessons that you learn yourself. You apply the standards uh, uh, um, with which you write and you edit. And when you feel that you can read that, you can pick that story up and enjoy it and read it again and think, yeah, I like that. I wouldn't change that. That's good. Then you're in the business of sending it off and sending it around and going from there. Yeah, that's uh, that's fascinating. Um, I mean, obviously, this is like the. I think this is the first time we've really discussed screenwriting at any great length, and I've always sort of considered them two quite different beasts. Um, and it's, yeah. it's, it's, a, it's a really interesting idea, though, that you can, that it essentially you're a, a writer and with a, a particular tool set, you know, mm -hmm. and you can reach into this tool set and, and apply them to whatever it is that you're working on and that they are transferable. Um, mm -hmm. And I really like that exercise that, that, that you mentioned and, you know, looking at your, a, a scene in a novel and applying these screenwriting techniques. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to ask you um, a difficult question now. Do you prefer one over the other? Um, 
you know, do you, do you gravitate towards one form of writing over another? So, are, are you are you a, no, a novelist that writes scripts, or a script writer, <laughs> a script writer that that sometimes writes novels? When when you sit in in terms of your your process, um, you know, the 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 majority process in your mind. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort and time to write a novel, so you've really got to be into it. And I have started countless novels and never finished them. Some I've not got past chapter one. Some I've got halfway through, I've got to 40, 50, 60,000 words and never gone back to them and picked them up. Some I intend to go back to again. In order to engage with the process of novel writing, you have to know your subject and love your subject and, uh, and love what you do. And let's face it, none of us are in this for the money. If you're in this, if anyone's watching this and you're in this for the money, you think you'll you'll write something and sell it and you'll make a million and you'll be Hollywood's next next big star. Go and get another job because very few people actually end up doing this. You write because it's in you and because you love it. You write because it's part of you. You write because, as Whoopi Goldberg said in Sister Act Two, when you get up in the morning and all you can think of writing, then you are a writer. So the process regarding each one, which one you prefer, is actually quite different. As I said earlier, I wrote legacy as scripts, TV scripts for me, first for fun and then for therapy. I then transferred them to novel because I wanted to tell more, I wanted to go into more detail. I had the love of the story and the characters which is still burning very strongly in me now. I'm currently re-editing all four novels using Grammarly which is a very effective tool um, despite earlier editing uh, processes that I originally used and found I've improved on it. So again, even a, a novel that I've already had out on the sh on, um, in the Ethernet for the last three or four years, I'm now improving on again. Um, and as a result, you have to love the story that you're writing if you're doing it. Do I love story writing? Yes, I adore it. Scripts, I equally love for a whole different reason. They're quicker. They're faster. And if you have a story that you want to get down in your head and you don't think you can turn it into a novel, but you can turn it into a, a TV script or a 90-page, 100-page film script, do it as a film script. Do it as a TV script. You can tell a story far, far quicker using a script writing medium, especially if you have something like Celtics or uh, I use Final Draft. Uh, it automatically formats everything for you. And the ability to write down 60 pages of complete rubbish until you go back and edit it later on is uh, very, very easy. I can, um, the American project I spoke about recently, the producer who I'm engaged with asked me how quickly uh, I could produce a, a pilot episode. I did it within seven days. I'd edited it by seven more. He had it just over two weeks later, and it had gone through three edits by that process. It was very, very quick. I couldn't write a novel in two weeks, but I can, I can do a, a TV script in very little time. I actually had the basic script written in about two days, but as rough as anything. So the, the whole process of, of the editing and the refining and then the rewriting takes about a full seven and then further editing uh, 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 beyond that. So which one do I prefer? Am I a screenwriter who, who writes novels? Am I a novelist who writes screenplays? I think it's fair to say I'm a writer, and I don't think I can differentiate between the two, and I think anyone who is a writer, anyone who has that love of writing, has that story within them that's burning to come out on the page, will feel maybe the same way, I'd hope, that they are, it doesn't matter what the story is, if there's a drive within you to get that down, whatever the format, whether it be a short story, you know, uh, you know, one and a half thousand word, you know, a couple of page short story, or a hundred and twenty thousand word novel epic, or a ninety page film script, doesn't matter. The point is, you love what you do. 
the joy is there, you get the rush, you get the giddiness, you get the excitement. When you're writing it, you feel something burning inside you. When you finish it, you feel a little disappointed because you feel you could do better, but a little happy at the same time, and you go back in and you make it better. And the first time somebody reads it, and they read it with a smile on their face, and you get that rush and think, I've done well there. And you get feedback and think, yeah, that was good. Even if the feedback is maybe critical, as it so often is with screenwriting competitions. Yeah, positive, but critical. You still, you still feel good about it. So I don't think it's fair for me to choose one or the other, or one over the other. I like them both, and I enjoy writing both. But I am careful because of time and investiture what I write in terms of the novel and what I will apply my time to for novel writing. Yeah, cause it uh, certainly does take a lot of uh, commitment and effort to get in and make sure you're doing the writing on a daily basis and you getting can. in all that you need done, for sure. Mm. Um, one, I have one more question uh, about the editing that you do for... Uh, your screenplays, you know, you say you're going back again and again. Do you ever uh, seek out other writers or, or editors to, to take a look at the work before you're sending it off? Um, sometimes, but the problem is, herein lies one of the big pitfalls of the industry. There are, I have discovered, a lot of very genuinely lovely people out there <clears throat> in writing, and all of us are in the same boat. There are also people who are not so generous. And I have found that it's possible that when you talk to people, you can, ha you can come across someone, if you don't know them well enough, their view and their, um, their take on what you've written can be not entirely what you expect. But equally, you can point the finger of blame at the writer, because if, if you turn around to someone and say, right, I've written this, I want you to read it, how many of us actually say, quite honestly, I've written this and I'd like you to read it? when what they're really thinking is, I want you to love this and tell me it's fantastic and it's perfect and not change a thing. And maybe a lot of writers approach this process with the wrong mindset. We approach it wanting to be told, oh my God, that's brilliant, this is fantastic. Quick, I'll phone my lawyer. Rather than, I want you to read this and tell me, is it any good? And I don't mean in the negative sense of, oh, this is no good, is it? Tell me it's rubbish, I'll throw it away, I'll, I'll go back to you know, my day job. No. Be positive. Be absolutely positive about your work. But there are there is a great deal of fear that people will steal your work out there, and this actually inhibits uh, screenwriters talking to each other for help. That being the case, there are plenty of people who do, plenty of people who will actually post for help. And if you're a member of anything like uh, the ISA, for example, which is a great website for uh, advertising um, scripts and work and people who want to work together, uh, but it doesn't have any censorship over the job adverts that are put out there. Um, you can make some great connections. You can also make some very bad ones. And I, I quite often see adverts on the ISA where someone says, hey, I've got an idea, and I'm not a writer, and I want to meet a writer, and you've got to have connections in the industry, and you've got to know producers and know people, and you can come along, and you can write it, and you can do all the work, and we'll share it 50-50. That's fair, isn't it? No, hang on, I'm doing all the work. What do you mean we share 50-50? <laughs> Just because you've got this, this one idea, which could be no more than a sentence, you think that's fair? No. So, do, do I approach other people? I have in the past. I've also been on a number of groups in LinkedIn, which are great for writers getting together, but where you do get a lot of really genuine people who turn around and say, I've written this, I need someone to cast the wire over it and let me know. I have lost count over how many times I have helped people, and when I've given them feedback, you never hear from them again, probably because I didn't say, oh my God, that's fantastic. And what you actually say is, okay, I see what you're doing. What I'd suggest is, 
Now, most people I found have varying degrees of difficulty accepting criticism based on the criticism from a complete stranger. Hence why there is an art to feedback, and I'd love you guys to do a show sometime on the art of giving feedback and the art of looking for editing and looking for help because I think it would be immensely valuable to a lot of writers out there because most people, let's face it, writing is a solitary profession. I mean, it's up there with shepherds for things that you do on your own with nobody around you. <laughs> um, and as a result, there is, it's quite often to feel, it's quite, it's, it's quite normal to feel very alone as a writer where you are slaving away day in, day out, week in, week out, whatever spare time you have. And then when you get this finished product, you feel great about it, you give it to someone to read and they trash it. Now, maybe they weren't in the right mindset or they, didn't, or they don't like the genre. But if there's someone who you don't know, they're more, probably more capable of being able to give objective feedback and criticism to turn around and say, that's good, don't like that, like this, don't like that. I've come across so many scripts where people don't understand the basic rules of script writing. And you read things and you think, you can't do that, you can't internalize. Yeah. I read a script for one writer um, a, a number of years ago, and they had the line in. There was a line in there with a character, and the descriptive line was, um, he thinks about what life would have been like if he'd had a mother, but he didn't, so he doesn't, full stop. <laughs> How are you going to show that on screen? <laughs> a, it's a double feedback loop of an internalized monologue of a character who's, sit, who's sitting on his porch uh, smoking a cigarette and you think, great, yeah, be great in a novel, be perfect in a novel, has no use in a screenplay because you can't show it, you can't, you can't describe that. How on earth are you going to get a director and an actor to, uh, to convey that? You can't. So when I said this, this is one of the people who never contacted me again, also even said thank you, um, which is fine. I, I get that a lot. Um, but I also get a lot of people who are very genuinely grateful for the feedback that you give them. And there are a lot of great writers out there who, are, who approach the whole process brilliantly, and they have a very mature, very adult attitude, and they are, and they are quite open to, be, to taking feedback and criticism. And sometimes it's the only way for someone to look at a story and say, I don't like this, I don't like that, I'm not sure that works. That works, but I'm not sure it works the way you're doing it. And sometimes these people can bring about great ideas. And even if it makes you think, rather than thinking, well, they clearly haven't got what I'm writing, it may make you think, I haven't put across what I'm writing. Mm -hmm. And therefore, you can make it a more reflective process whereby you receive feedback and think, this hasn't been received the way I wanted it to be received, so my writing hasn't been good enough at that point engaging you in the process to go and re-edit that particular section of the entire piece so that you then you can get across what it is you're trying to say. And the next person who reads it comes back and says, oh, I love that scene. I got that so completely with that character. Great. My job's done. It's a success. Yeah, <laughs> feedback is, is so important and obviously and the ability to to also take it. Um, we definitely do need to get a, a real live beta reader on the show at some point. Yes. Um, but, you know, they're easily spooked, and, um, you know, standing behind them with a large net is a little off-putting, so <laughs> we, we've not managed to, to capture one just yet. <laughs> uh, Jacob, uh, if people want to find your work and find out more about what you do, um, where's the best place to go online? I have a Facebook account um, under Jacob Larch. I also have a website, www.jacoblarch.com. Uh, international domain name. I'm easily found. Uh, I am so busy writing. I'm terrible at updating the news on it because it. I, I, I do that much, 
and this is one of these other writing points. I've had a, a writer I know who has written one one script, and he turned around to me and said, why do you have your fingers in so many pies? Why do you engage in so many projects at the same time? I said, well, if you scattergun the industry, suddenly you may come home one day. Um, and, plus, and plus, my mind doesn't stop with one project anyway. It, you know, I naturally think of, of 17 things at once, as most writers tend to. Um, so I'm usually too busy writing. I don't tend to update my website very often, so I apologize for that. So if you come on there, be prepared to see Tumbleweed across the screen. <laughs> but... Um, uh, JacobLarch.com is my is my website. Uh, I I keep up to date on um, LinkedIn and uh, Twitter. I'm also on Twitter as well, uh, and you can find me on Facebook. Oh, perfect, perfect. Well, I really appreciate you coming on the show today. It's been a real pleasure having you. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure as well. So, um, if. Uh, Good listeners, if you'd like the show, please leave us a review on iTunes, a plus on Google, or a like on YouTube. And if you're an editor who'd like to be a guest on the show, stop by thebookeditorshow.com and drop us an email. I'm Clark Chamberlain. For my co-host, Peter Turley, keep writing, keep learning, and build a better book. Thank you for listening, and come back next week for more. Please visit thebookeditorshow.com for show notes, links to guests, books and extras, and for information on how to be a guest on the show. <laughs>